This is just to say that I would never have expected to be here five yes. years ago. Nor was my goal to like start my own company, but it's more like following your passions and taking those risks that sometimes seem crazy. Hello, welcome to another episode of It Doesn't Happen Overnight. My name is Tony Ariemi and I am your host. And I'm super excited to be back here today for episode five because it's actually the first episode I recorded when I was trying to figure out exactly what this podcast would be. So there were some um, technical issues, like, I don't know, not remembering to turn on my mic, recording by my window at 8 a.m. during rush hour, even though I live on a busy street, you know, just stuff like that. But it goes to show that with a little bit of practice and a little bit of thought and following your passion, you can learn a lot in just a little bit of time. So I'm excited to be back here once again to bring on someone from my generation who's following their dreams and taking us through the ups and downs that happen along the way. My hope is that by listening, you either realize what your dream is and slash or get the courage to finally start it. It Doesn't Happen Overnight is a part of a larger media channel, Tony on Tap, where you can find episodes of this podcast and more on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, honestly everywhere. Wait, not Reddit. I haven't figured out Reddit yet, but I'm getting there. On this episode of It Doesn't Happen Overnight, I sit down with Greta Meyer, a recent graduate of Stanford University's award-winning product design engineering program and one of the co-founders of Tempo, a company focused on creating better women's products. Tempo's first product is a re-engineered tampon that prevents premature leakage to give on-the-go women coverage when it matters. On this episode, Greta takes me through how her class project turned into her company, the day-to-day variety that comes with being an entrepreneur, and the unexpected life twists that occur when you're following your passion. So sit tight and get ready to soak up this info. Yes. Hi, everyone. Welcome to It Doesn't Happen Overnight. I'm your host, Tony Adiyami, and I'm here today with Greta Meyer. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing lovely. We just made some tea. It's quite early, but when you're on the grind, you make stuff work whenever it needs to work. Greta's staying at my house this weekend and is doing really cool things that I think would be really awesome for a lot of people to hear. So I really wanted to get her on the show. To start off, Greta, why don't you give us a little bit about your background and yourself? Yeah, for sure. So Tony and I both just graduated. From Stanford. Fun fact, we are twins in our sorority. Yes. Oh my god, I not only are we sister, we are twins. <laughs> we are, yes, not just sister, twins. That's a great fun fact. I'm glad we got that out of the way. So I was product design, which is within the mechanical engineering department, but it focuses a lot on like human-centered design as well. So I really liked studying that because it was very intersectional. You didn't have to choose. I always felt that a lot of the majors you really had to choose, like, am I an engineer or am I like an artist mm-hmm. or some sort of liberal arts education? So I really like that that kind of meshed together. So for people who didn't go to Stanford, can you give a 10 second product design synopsis that I don't think a lot of schools have a major like it? Yeah, so it is like you do kind of half, and it is kind of changing right now Mm -hmm. as well, but for when I was there, it was half engineering. So you do kind of the basics of mechanical engineering. So you know how to build things. Mm -hmm. And then the other half of it is like knowing why to build things. And so you do a lot of human-centered design and value design. And that's like what the D school really focuses 
focuses on. So it's like design thinking mm-hmm. and all around empathy. Essentially, they look at how things are built in Silicon Valley yeah. and look at how sometimes people build just to build and it's not actually the right solutions. And so there's often a lot more thoughtful things you can do to make sure that it's not just, maybe if I'm designing for you, it's like not just what you're telling me, but something else that I've observed about you. Yeah. So it's a lot about why we're building as well. So it's like going to the source, which is like the yeah. consumers who are going to be potentially purchasing this and yeah. figuring out like what is a need here, not just like, I want to build a flamethrower. And exactly. people will buy it because you're Elon Musk, but in like a different world, people wouldn't because why do we need flamethrowers? But it's like, okay, going exactly. to people. So with this background, what is it that you're doing now? Great question. So, <laughs> I just started my own company with my co-founder, Amanda, who was also- I want you to say that one more time. I just started my own company. Just started my own company. Okay, how old are you again? 22. Okay, same. Twins. Once it's again. possible. Okay, keep going. So we essentially started this company in a class project, and it was very much a kind of product design approach, but we were in, it's called technology entrepreneurship, was the class, Engineering 145. Here at Stanford, you should take it. Essentially, it was like a hypothetical startup. So we started out saying, I personally have had negative experiences on my period. The whole menstrual experience is really negative. So we set out and we're like, we should interview a ton of people, see what the biggest pain points are here, mm-hmm. see why people aren't really innovating in the space. So we interviewed over 200 people, found that there's this huge anxiety when you're on your period and like very distracting. We have athletes report that they had to come out of games because their tampons were leaking. We oh wow. People that are businesswomen that are saying, I had to reorganize my meeting so that I could check my tampon every like 45 minutes. Or I'm sitting in a boardroom with 10 men and all I can think about is like, am I gonna leak in my jumpsuit? So it's whatever. like this thing that we are forced to deal with. Yeah. Not only like, oh, like once a year I have to do my taxes. Every month. That's hard to do. And it's holding us back in a society where it's like, okay, we already have stuff against us, let alone yeah. our own bodies. Oh, there's a lot. There's stuff a lot there. Us. So we were like, then that's kind of the cool combination of like, I can find out what the need is, but also with PV, I can engineer something. So we found out there's this issue. It was specifically with tampons were leaking before they were full. And then from that side, we looked at that from an engineering perspective and said, why are they leaking? Found that there's something to do with the construction that there are these linear channels. Mm -hmm. Linear channels of the tampon? Of the tampon. And this is the tampon. (laughs) There's lines, like grooves, that are actually meant to expand the surface area, which they do, but they actually are functionally funneling the fluid. Say that five times fast. Okay, so someone has used a tampon. tampon. I have seen these groups. Yes. Now, did I ever think about what they were for? No, because I don't have that mind. (laughs) But it's nice to know that someone has, and it's the problem. Yeah, it's the problem. If you are a person that does not know what a tampon looks like, these are there, and these are real. It's like this. It's like this. (laughs) But really. (laughs) I don't want you guys to get any ideas about what we can do. Um, But we can do a lot. Okay, so all of this led to the creation of your company. Yeah. So we essentially, at the end of the class, we pitched to a panel of venture capital judges, which was all hypothetical at that point. And they were so excited about this. I mean, it's a huge market, reoccurring need that people have to solve. But they were excited about our technology and they encouraged us to go file a provisional patent wow. and see what we could actually do with this. So that was December 2018. And then we kind of kept going. So that was my senior year fall. And we kept going with this project through three different classes since then. That's such the a cool spring. thing about the Stanford program is because when there's an idea that's worth it, you are encouraged. I mean, oh, Jewel yeah. came out of Stanford, which is not one of our It's product design. Program. Yeah, it's probably in the product <laughs> design program. So many like other that. things that <laughs> so have disrupted that have yeah. disrupted the market. And yeah. maybe in that case, it's in a negative way because it re 
damned our nicotine addiction as people, but this the could disrupt the yeah. positive way. Exactly. And that it's like, okay, we need to disrupt this because it's not working right now. And it's yeah. a widespread enough issue where it needs to work. So that's how Tampro, which is the name of your company, came yeah. to be. So it was originally Tampro and now we just renamed it Tempo. 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 Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it's just nice to hear something that your friends are doing and being like, that's cool and that needs to be done. And you're the ones tackling it. We have a lot of help. I feel like that's one thing that we've realized is we were really lucky to be at Stanford with all of these opportunities, but also all these people that were encouraging us to do this. Yeah. I feel like one real catalyst for us actually doing this full time was like having non-dilutive funding. So basically just like grant funding where they give you money to try something. We're just lucky to find kind of advisors that were doing things. I don't want to say they're similar, but they're like slightly medically focused startups and they were the ones that told us about all these opportunities. What is like an average day or even week or month look like as like a CEO of Tempo, but also just as an entrepreneur, startup owner? So Amanda's my co-founder and it's just the two of us working on this full time. We have kind of consultants and legal counsel, et cetera. They don't work with us every Mm -hmm. day. So Amanda and I also live together. That's fun. We Mm -hmm. spend a lot of time together, but we also, we work from home. So it's a short commute from my bedroom to the kitchen, which I love. So we'll work there. We often have like really early calls. We have 7 a.m. calls a lot because our research and development facility is in the United Kingdom. Mm. And a lot of like tampon manufacturing people are overseas. Is there a reason? The companies that manufacture in the U.S. are owned by Procter & Gamble. Got it, got it. And so they don't want to talk to us. But the ones that we want to work with are overseas. Got it. Essentially, we have early calls a lot, which is great. Mm -hmm. It gets kind of up and going. And then it's either, it's kind of a mix of things. We could have meetings in person with people a lot of the time. It's a lot of calls out of our own kitchen. It's a lot of being self-driven. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times where we're waiting to hear back from people. So it's like, if I'm working with our legal counsel that's working on our intellectual properties or patents, I will send them a draft or I'll send them feedback on something or like a whole thing of drawings. And then you have to wait. Right. For them and so that, to, yeah. like, for me to prepare something like that will take a while, but then you have to wait and you're like, okay. Because you don't I, have like a dedicated team working around the clock on this stuff. Right. Other than you and Amanda. Yeah. So And so you're kind of then the project managers mm-hmm. you're kind of juggling all things and making sure that like you're engaging the right people so it's like is our IP council the right partner mm-hmm. for us is our FDA we have to go through FDA which is a whole challenge that we've never come across Makes sense. And hopefully, yeah, hopefully <laughs> I've never gotten anything FDA cleared but hopefully we will I think a lot of the things that I focus on are just making sure I'm making these decisions that I'm not experiencing myself yeah but making sure that I'm gathering as many either recommendations or just like guidance for from advisors and mentors as possible so that I can make educated decisions. It's like at some point you have to make a choice. And it's like you can hear 10 positive opinions, 10 negative opinions. Like you can really go, but I feel like being an entrepreneur is just being like, this has to get done and I am leading the ship. So like I'm making this choice, I'm going with my gut. And I feel like people don't trust their guts that often, but we've been right so many times. Like just the yeah. fact that we're all here right now, like we, we've been right a lot of times. So much. We've also been wrong a lot of times, but you learn from that. And like not saying you're not going to be wrong in choices you make but it's like you learn and hopefully none of those choices and usually they're not our company destroying choices or like it's like, possible it's possible <laughs> yeah but hopefully unlikely probable yeah. i wanted it to rhyme i'm not sure if that makes sense <laughs> no, that's exactly what we talk okay. about and it's not it's so annoying and like silicon valley to be like biased toward action but it really is something that you have to remember is like if you're sitting here and thinking about the decision non-action is actually action itself i mean so many 
decisions that you can make, you can go back on. And the important part is just like you did something in the beginning. It's funny because I think Amanda and I have, I mean, it's just the two of us making decisions. Yeah. And so she's much more gut centered and I'm much more like, let's make a list and very methodical to have about both, it. Though. Yeah. And so it's really, it's finding that balance and making sure that we're making a decision quickly, but also not being rash because you often yeah. have more time than you. Even if you're stressed about something, you have at least a day to call like five people. Mm -hmm. And just get a little bit more information and like also setting deadlines for yourself so that things are getting done. Like even you coming this weekend, I was like, am I ready to start this podcast? Not right now. Can I be ready by the time Greta <laughs> wants to film? Yes. I mean, like just fig you just figure it out. You think about it. You execute. At some point you go and then you get feedback and it's like a positive feedback loop. Yay, that worked. That was good. The lawyers got back to me with this. Now I'll do that. Or they're like, this is trash. Okay. Negative feedback loop. And you're like, let me try something different. And you just iterate and keep going and going until yeah. it keeps progressing. Yeah. That's exactly my day to day. It describes it exactly. exactly. So what is it like wearing all these different hats? Because it sounds like you are now an engineer, product manager, CEO. You are pitching this to people all the time, which is why you're here right now in LA. So what is it like? And not having maybe done all those things before, since you're 22. I mean, that's really what I love about it is that no two days are the same. And that sometimes it'll be like, we can do a deep dive where I'm becoming a super expert on this specific guidance document mm -hmm. in the FDA or like, oh, now actually today I have to work on our financial models. And like, that's also something I'd never done before. And so I really enjoy that, like the adrenaline of learning something new. And yeah. so I really like how it's so many different hats as well as the kind of fast pace and how it's always changing. That's kind of why I like product design because it is that kind of interdisciplinary, like you experience the whole range of the problem solving aspects. That's something that's fun is to be like, oh, today I'm going to talk to the lawyers or if we have to do this thing and mm -hmm. what do we think also strategically about investment? I mean, everything that I do every day, I've like never done before. <laughs> which that's is so awesome. nice to hear though, because I feel like we're conditioned to be like, if you didn't major in it, you can't go into it. If you oh, yeah. didn't score high enough on your standardized testing, remember that we'd take tests and they would be like, you should be this. Yeah. Like I get like, you want to quantify everything, but yeah. I'm like, no, the reason we are humans and we have these brains and opposable yeah. thumbs is because like we can learn specifically and then do. So it's like, just learn. Like we have, especially now when we have so many resources at our disposal where you can Google pretty much everything or there's like a YouTube video for pretty much anything. Getting on a tangent, but still, I really appreciate hearing that. Like, I don't know most of the things I'm doing, but I'm learning. Yeah, that's the whole fun part though. It's like, if I were an expert at what I was doing when I was 22, there would probably be a, an issue. Yeah. Or like some sort of complacency that was occurring. I mean, it's quite chaotic at times, like feeling like you don't really know anything, but then gaining your bearings in all of these different sectors is really fun. This may be your answer, but what would you say has been like the highlight of this experience so far? Yeah, I mean, I think it really is the feeling, like what keeps me going, this is a different question, is the feeling of learning every mm -hmm. day and just feeling like the really cool feeling of being a novice in something, yeah. but also then having a deadline and like a pretty much non-starter, like if you don't get good at this thing, this business will not go. So that's a really good incentive <laughs> to learn something quickly. Also, 
I think the highlights are looking back. I mean, it's amazing just thinking about like, first of all, the memories that we've had, like it's so fun yeah. to do this stuff. And where this started. But yeah, exactly. I think a highlight is when we look back and we think of who did I meet with like last February or last March? And what didn't I know then? Like what questions were I asking? And then thinking about all the people I went, learned since. Yeah. So it's definitely like same thing, but from a different lens. I love that. What would you say on the opposite side of that has been the hardest part? So if someone's going through this, it's like this happens too. I think it's just constantly reframing the feedback that you're getting in a positive way. And like, I love getting feedback and really appreciate when people take the time to give me feedback. Mm -hmm. Even if it's like, hey, we don't want to invest in you. You have to train yourself to say why. Yeah. And that is hard to not walk away and say like, oh, we're better without that. Yeah. So I think that's really challenging. And then also just there's a lot of days where you're waiting for something and the momentum, momentum changes like crazy. Like some days we have 10 victories and some days it's like, oh, that was kind of a slow day. That felt weird. Mm -hmm. And just keeping yourself energized during those days, I think is really challenging. I feel that a lot. What you said made me think of this person. It was essentially her trying to get makeup for people that look like human. All the makeup people had models and people had beautiful skin and whatever. And she's like, I don't look like that. Like I want to make makeup for that. And as she was going from VC to VC and kept getting a note, because she was really excited about this person. She asked why. And he was like, do you want me to give you the honest answer? And she was like, yes, please. And he was like, I don't think women would buy makeup from someone that looks like you. While she says that story now, the entire audience gasped. And we were like, that's awful. And she goes, you know what? I needed to hear that because I knew he was wrong. And I knew that one day I was going to prove him wrong because I look like everyone and we need products for us. And it was just such an inspiring story that's like those no's were as informative as the yeses. And it's like using it all to really frame your mindset on all this. Because like you said, you haven't done this before. So hearing from people that have invested before, have been in this business before is helpful, but you're not doing what they're doing. They may not see your vision. So it's like, I appreciate the feedback, good and bad, but let me take that all into stride and keep going. Yeah, exactly. Where do you see yourself in five years? Wow, that could be a lot of different, a lot of different yeah. places. Well, I mean, I think it's funny. This is totally not answering your question, but I never, I think a lot of people go to Stanford because of the entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I want to start my own company. Like I was talking to people a couple weeks ago and they're like, I just realized that I want to only work for myself. And I was like, you're 21. Like you probably shouldn't already have that conclusion. You should have an idea based on that one internship <laughs> that you didn't like your boss in. That seems a little rash. That's exactly what people sound like though. Oh yeah. 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 Like it's crazy. And I think there's a little bit of like, first of all, humility that needs to be learned, mm -hmm. but also realizing that like working for yourself is every day. It's not that cool. Mm -hmm. Like it's awesome, but it's also, like I said, the pressures are a lot higher yeah. and it's easy to get. There's no manager stressed. to like fall back on. Oh no. Any, the, it's only anything. my fault. Like, <laughs> and Amanda's fault, but <laughs> we can share the faults. It's only two of us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so I think it's like realizing that my career could take me anywhere, but making sure that I'm following, sounds very trite, but following your passions. Like I was honestly super excited about the job that I had lined up after graduation. Yeah, I was gonna say, you had something lined up. This is just to say that I would never have expected to be here five yes. years ago, nor was my goal to like start my own company, but it's more like following your passions and taking those risks that sometimes seem crazy. Yeah. I would have never told 
told you any at any point during Stanford that I would be the founder of a company. And we started Stanford five years ago. Exactly. Like, yeah. So I would have people. Yeah. Never known that. I love that answer because that is what this podcast is about, where it's like, you don't really know where your passions take you. It's kind of easy if you start a job to know, I get promoted to consultant in a year, senior consultant about two years after. They lay out your path for you. They show you that. So you can very clearly say in five years, if I stay at this company, I hope to be a senior manager. Right. When you're following your passion, one, not only do passions change and divert and follow new paths, but it's like, that's sort of the beauty of it is that it's very true to the moment. And it's very like, I can't tell you where I'm going to be in five years because you don't know what's going to spring up from any of this. And it could be this or something completely different. And that's kind of the beauty of it because it's not monotonous ever. It's very dynamic to like where you are in the moment. Yeah. Like who you are in the moment. Yeah. That being said, like you can have goals obviously so I'm like I hope I have a job I hope I'm learning every day but I think if you keep that in mind and you're just like searching for something that's yeah. gonna keep you like there's so many times that no one's setting deadlines but it's like my own passion makes me put in extra work and I think that's the same thing for any founder that's why it's like a 24-7 job because mm-hmm. you've really found something that you want to spend all your time on do you have any advice for either future tampon creators <laughs> or hopefully you just monopolize the market there's no way for anyone else to get in but just <laughs> For any- I give like really bad advice. <laughs> Don't do it. Or for just anyone who has an idea that they think is worth pursuing with the disclaimer of the resources that you had within the Stanford department. Yeah. So Amanda and I talk about this a lot because we have a lot of friends that are still in school that are like, I'm about to start my own thing. And it, that is so exciting to me to hear that other people are also jazzed about something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think making the most of the resources, like if you are a student, there's a ton of things that you can get for free because there's a lot of very wealthy people that want to encourage young entrepreneurs. So that's great. But other than that, it would just be around talking to people. And I think a lot of people think that it is, I mean, like this is called, it doesn't happen overnight. Like you don't make a startup overnight. And it took us months of talking to people to even consider doing this full time. Mm -hmm. But I would say get out there and start talking to people, whether that is potential customers, VCs. Mm -hmm. Like I think people say, oh, it's too early to approach an investor with this idea I don't have enough but that's going to save you so much time down the line if you were to put that off for six months until you did x y and z yeah rather than why not build that relationship starting then and then you can come back to them in six months once you've done whatever they maybe you do what they recommend and maybe you do something completely different but it's like not being afraid to just say hey I have this idea what do you think about this yeah rather than it's not going to be you wake up one morning and decide this is my calling and I'm going to quit my job for this it's much more like a building and like a crescendo of a lot of things coming it's like get out of I feel like we're so used to staying in the echo chamber that is our own head and just bouncing back ideas and even for this podcast and my larger project like I've been in my head like literally I can't sleep because I will think of an idea I'm like I have to write down right now and I'll just like go write it down and I finally got on the phone with my brother yesterday I'm like hey can we just go through all the things that I'm naming this so we can just bounce back and forth until we find something that we both like just so that like it's just not here and I had 
had starter ideas and like many things and I had the description and what I wanted it to be but I didn't have the thing and it's like you don't have to have the thing mm -hmm. just have an idea and have the passion and have the push and then talk to one person two people five people and then just keep iterating until it's like I now feel like I have a thing worth going for quitting yeah. my job for any of that yeah and in that sense then you can make sure that there's an actual need versus just I want to start my own business you're because like, I don't want to work for anybody <laughs> ever again I hate the idea of having a boss <laughs> Well, I was like, I love my boss. I miss my boss. <laughs> That's such good advice. People will have to need it in yeah. some capacity. Don't quit your job. Yeah. You like, find that people out. need yeah. it. Greta, thank you so much for being the inaugural guest <laughs> on this podcast. Honored. I'm supposed to do lightning round questions. What's your favorite TV show right now? Oh, so I just started watching Hunters, oh. which is great. I've been really enjoying that. Mm -hmm. I also love Altered Carbon. Great show. What, what streaming platforms? Good question. <laughs> Hunters is on Amazon Prime. Mm -hmm. Altered Carbon's on Netflix. What is your, like, when you're working really late and you just want a treat just to, like, keep yourself going, what do you eat? Mint chocolate chip ice cream. Amazing. It's the go-to. Last question. How many times a day do you... Nope. I'm scratching that question. <laughs> I don't think I have another question. Hey, yeah. Pete. Hi, <laughs> Who's your best friend in the entire world? Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, a lot of people will guess. I'm just trying to... <laughs> Sorry, we're cutting that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Tune in next week for another guest, another podcast. And remember, it doesn't happen overnight. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks, Thanks Rena. <laughs> this isn't on. You're kidding me. Are you sure? <laughs> oh, my God. One sec.